Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. It's episode 54 today and it is time for a sports preview of the coming weekend's action. Today's show is sponsored by Urban Fit Crew BoxFit in Kiltard Community Centre. More on that later on in the show. Today I have a chat with Declan Bohan about the fourth round of the Connacht Gold Senior Football Championship and the Smith Monumentals Intermediate Football Championship as it gets ready to hit the quarterfinal stage. The fourth round of five takes place this weekend. We'll go through all the permutations across all the groups in those two competitions. I'll also be chatting to Aidan Heeran of the Ladies Football Board talking about their final round of fixtures in the Senior Football Championship and the latest games in the Intermediate Championship to come on Sunday morning. I'll be talking to one lady from Ahavas, Shelley McKiernan, who on Sunday morning in Trim will endeavour to cycle around the entire island of Ireland as part of the race around Ireland. She and three of her teammates will take to the saddle and try and get around the entire country in just four days. I'll be talking to her later in the programme. I'll also catch up with under-19 Irish international captain volleyball player after his side's intensive training camp in Leitrim over the last four days. We'll also do a quick roundup on all the sport that's happening around the county over the next three or four days. To look over everything that's happening in Gaelic football across the county this weekend, I'm joined by PRO of the Leitrim County Board, Declan Bohan once again. Declan, welcome back to the show. How are you, Brefney? Thank you very much. I'm excellent, and yourself? Good, 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 good. Good. We might start off with a little bit of inter-county action this weekend. The county under-16s are in action in the Ted Webb. It's the third round, the final game of the group stage. It hasn't been a fantastic tournament for the county. Zero victories from the two games. Um, but they play Galway in Ballyhonus in the Connacht GAA Centre tonight at 6.30. Yeah, that's that's uh, correct, Brefney. Uh, they play their first two games uh, last Friday night in uh, Beacon in the in the kind of GA Centre, they had a four seven to not five loss to Mayo uh, North South. They lost to uh, Roscommon by two ten to nine points, which it was more competitive if you like. So I suppose facing Galway and I, and I guess it's the strong Galway team tomorrow night. They're 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 going to be up against it. And I suppose ultimately at the end of the day, those competitions are to develop players rather than necessarily to win games, uh, although that would be a nice bonus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at, you know, it comes down to a numbers game in at, at underage level. And look at over the last few years, just looking at what has been going on in, in that uh, competition, Ted Webb, uh, traditionally, you know, you might think when Galway and Mayo are putting out two separate teams that it dilutes them. But the fact that they have so many they have so many players available to them, it just makes it that bit more difficult for us to compete in it. Let's take a look at the Connacht Gold Senior Championship. Uh, the action continues this week. It's the fourth round of fixtures, all teams in action. But wh- what I might do is I'll run through the fixtures, the full listings, and then we'll go group by group. We'll go through the various permutations because some big decisions could be decided this week. So tonight... Friday the 23rd of August at 8.30 in Clune, St Mary's play Ahawillan in what is effectively a top-of-the-table clash. Both teams two points behind Sean O'Heslands, but with a chance to really secure their place in the quarterfinals and maybe get that all-important top-two seeding in the group. Tomorrow afternoon in Drumshambo, we have two games with Manor Hamilton playing Drumreilly at five and Fianna St Callians 
facing off against Melvin Gales at 6.30. Also in Avancard Park, Sean McDiarmid at 6.30, we have Drummer Hare with Achnashilin, while at the same time in Clune, Alan Gales will play Balnamore, Sean O'Heslins, with the final game of the Senior Championship taking place in Balnamore on Sunday evening at 5pm, Gortletra versus Moho. Now, Declan, there's a lot of games to be played. Let's go through the groups and talk about who's where and what we can expect from the weekend. We start with Group 1. Glencar Manor look to have their slot nailed on for this week, but they play Drum Riley, who need a victory. It's funny when you look into Group 1, um, which is arguably the more competitive group to a point from the, looking at the looking at the points table. You mentioned a top of the table clash in, in the other group when you were outlining the fixtures, but uh, funny enough, Glencar Manor Hamilton Drum Riley is actually, as it stands, the top of the table clash too, because Drum Riley are sitting in second place in the table with four points. That will be, um, it'll be, it'll be an interesting game. Glencar Manor Hamilton look on the results so far to have been the forum team in the group. They've won three out of three. Uh, their score difference, if you were to look at it, with plus 51 after three games is putting them in a very healthy position. You know, that 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 is aided, I suppose, by just the measure of 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 what they've done. The most surprising result previously, I suppose, was uh, was their win over um, Mohull, which was which was comprehensive. But nonetheless, they seem to be in a, in a, in a groove of form. And, you know, remarkably, uh, Drum Riley facing Dan Carman or Hamilton could be top of the table. Uh, at the end of the weekend, but if they lose this game, they could be back down into uh, into a, a scramble for the last qualifying places going into the to the last round. You know, so it's interesting from that point of view. And I think um, Drum Riley's two victories, the three games so far, have all been against the teams that are currently in the bottom three positions in the league. They have to play Matter Hamilton and Mohull, and will probably go into those games as the underdog. I suppose neutral commentators would probably think that the likelihood is that they'll fail to pick up any points in those two games based on form and recent history between those teams. So they may be pulled back into that mix and they'll be looking very closely at that game between Melvin Gales and Fina, which they'll be looking for favours from maybe both teams. A draw is probably the outcome they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, anything can happen at this stage. Uh, And, you know, you mentioned about the underdogs and all that type of thing, and I can guarantee you're looking at it, and I'm sure you'd agree, there, there's no more potent underdog out there in the senior competition than Drum Riley because, you know, they've they've traditionally, even against what would be considered the teams that might be favoured against them, they've performed much better than others who would possibly have thrown in the towel and 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 looked for results elsewhere. So, uh, don't rule out what Drum Riley could do uh, over the course of the next two rounds because they're in a healthy position at the moment and they'll be eager to cement their place. But, you know, obviously they they they, they, they would have known that uh, there were key games that they'd have to win. But there are other teams in the group looking at those as well. So, you know, uh, anything could happen. The result of the of of the Melvin Gales Fina is going to be absolutely crucial to decide what happens going forward because if it's a win for either side, then there's a team left on only two points going into the last round, which is a very precarious position to be in. Given that you would normally expect that Mohol and Glencarman or Hamilton will occupy the two top positions, the battle for, we'd say, the remaining two is going to be key going forward. And 
there's nobody ruled out at this stage, Breffney. You know, four points could bring anybody back into it, and anybody can make four at the moment. And someone obviously would be hoping for more than four. You know. Yeah, I think the interesting thing as well, if you take a look forward to round five of the competition, the fact that Melvin Gales face a challenge against Manor Hamilton on the last day, and Fiennes play Gortletra, who have had a poor season this season, you would expect Fina to pick up two points from that game, which puts them level with Drum Riley if Drum Riley were to w- pick up no more points. Melvin Gale's win on, on Saturday and all of a sudden there's three teams there, it could come down to score difference. It could be really tight in that group. Oh, it could, yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I suppose the, the, the other key result facing into the weekend is the Gortletra mohol game, uh, which uh, is, is literally going to decide probably you know, it's likely to decide Gartletra's fate. If they lose it, they'll be marooned on zero points and effectively are out of the competition. The Fina Melvin Gales game is probably the most critical game of the weekend in terms of deciding what will be ahead of clubs facing into uh, the final round. Let's turn our attention to Group 2 for a minute. All of the major decisions here pretty much put to bed. Four teams on four points or, or more are likely to be in the quarterfinals of the competition. But... Sheelan and Drummaher, they play each other in what is effectively a relegation match. The loser will be automatically relegated. The winner will more than likely end up in a relegation playoff at the end of the championship. If you were to look at the at that group from the outset, um, Balnamore are sitting uh, pretty with six points at the top. Uh, three games played, three games won. Uh, they're facing Alan Gales at the weekend, um, who are, I suppose, look at... They've, they've done exceedingly well. They've had a very, very bad league campaign, but they've, they've won the two games that were acquired over the teams that are now below them, and it's sitting pointless, and, and that has been a major fill-up for them. There's more likely to be a twist in, in Group 1. Uh, it's just, I suppose that's just a, uh, the way the groups, it's just the way the fixtures fall, and um, four points, cut adrift with two games left, four points only available to you, is placing Ocken Sheelan and, and, and Drummer Hare in... in uh, in a very, very poor position. Let's turn our attention to the Smith Monumentals Intermediate Football Championship. And in Group 1 here, I think the game of the weekend is arguably the last game on Sunday afternoon, Clune versus Leitrim Gales. Sean Heslins, in the league table at least, seem to be cut adrift. They've had no points from their first three games, unlikely at this point to reach those quarterfinal spots. Clune, if they lose to Leitrim Gales on Sunday, they're going to be in trouble as well. Yeah, um, look at Ballinamore, Sean O'Hanson's second team, and we've mentioned this previously because of the competitivity, if if you like, of the intermediate championship are, you know, going to struggle to get any points. They have two games left. It's difficult to see where they're going to get points uh, and are likely to finish up in that uh, bottom place in the group. Um, Clune uh, versus Leitrim Gales. Leitrim Gales, apart from this, the slip up against Anadolf when they were well beaten, and the fact that they have Division One league status and have, have been very competitive in that, and have been in the back four, the last four, last two of the last two intermediate champions, you have to you'd have to expect that they will account for Clune uh, and play, place themselves obviously in the position where they're, you know, have guaranteed at that stage uh, the quarterfinal position. Um, Anna Duff are playing Carrie Gallon, who have actually made great strides in this championship. That will be an interesting game as well, Breffney, because, you know, Anadolf are unbeaten. They have two wins and a draw uh, in their first three games, sitting on the top with five points. But let's not forget that Carrie Gallon are only one point behind them. So, 
you know, they have a lot to play for. They seem to be an, actually an improving side as the competition has gone on. So it'll probably tell us a lot about them this weekend, given that they're facing the top team in the group. You know? Yeah, that game takes place in Clune tomorrow afternoon, Saturday at 5pm. The final game in that group sees Balnamore's second team, who we have spoken about before, are probably not really at the level. Uh, they play Drum Kieran and Drum Kieran victory would mean that they would be guaranteed a place in the sem- in the quarterfinals, barring an absolute miracle set of results. Yeah, I I can't see anything other than a Drum Kieran victory in this, to be honest with you, Brefney, uh, with three points and with so much at stake and with the opportunity this weekend to cement your place in the quarterfinals, given other results, obviously. Uh, I, I really can't see anything other than a Drum Kieran victory here, which will place them on five points and will, you know, five points really should uh, should see you into the top four, you know? Yes, and if Clune don't win tomorrow night and Drum Kieran do, it really puts that group to bed as well, barring an absolute miracle on the last day of the, uh, the competition. In Group 2, it's quite interesting here. There's three teams, Eslin on five points, Balneglair and Bornacula, your own club, on four points, and then a bit of a gap back to Ahavas and Kiltubbard on two points each with Glenfar and Kilty Clahar at the bottom of the table on a single point. Now, the interesting thing here is the top three teams all play the bottom three teams, which means that should they go with form, that would be wins for Eslin, Balneglair or Bornacula, those three would rubber stamp their place in the quarterfinals of the Intermediate Football Championship with one final spot to be decided on the last day of the season. Yeah, um, I suppose if we looked at the Eslin position, which is top of the table at the moment, five points, the same as it is in the pre in the other group with Anna Duff, uh, two wins and a draw, and they're facing Ahavas. And Ahavas with two points really are playing for their lives now, I suppose you could say, in terms of how this will pan out. Uh, because they really need they need they need another victory to try and keep them in action with say going into the last round if you like to put it that way. I'd have to fancy Eston to take care of Avas in that particular encounter, you know. Immediately after that your own club Bornacula face Kiltubbard. Uh, the Eston fixture, Eston Avas is at five PM in Balnamore on Saturday evening, while Bornacula and Kiltubbard they play at six thirty in Balnamore immediately afterwards. You can secure your space. You've kind of had a faltering season, though, in Bornacula. Two draws. The one to Eslin, you got out of jail. You kind of got out of jail at Glenfarren as well. And they've struggled this year. So is that a worry for the club going forward? Looking into the championship as it started, or when it started, and the the games as they were coming, um, with the first three games, which are, as you mentioned, against Glenfarren, Kilty, and uh, Avas and, and Eslin, I, I'd say Bornacula would have been just quite happy with four points after three games they could have had it has to be pointed out they could have had uh, they could have had six points but they could also have zero points you know so funny enough they're they're they're, they're turning into the draw specialists if you like with two draws from three matches played and i think in actual fact they drew their two previous league matches so in in four of their last five competitive games have been drawn which is i suppose a, a unique statistic if you like uh, but it is a big game for both sides. Let's be honest about it. They met earlier in the league and Bornacula won it, albeit just by the skin of their teeth towards the end, even though they controlled quite a bit of the game. And they'll be looking for a return to that type of forum uh, to set their stall out early to, to, to get a result. You know? The final game of the Intermediate Championship this weekend uh, is 5pm on Saturday 
and it's Glenfarren Kilty who as we said are bottom of that t- league table versus Ballon Glera who topped Division 2 in the league and find themselves in second place in that group it's very hard to see anything other than a, a Ballon Glera victory in that North Leitrim derby yeah Ballon Glera the last day out uh, had a very very uh, strong tough game with Estlin it was one of the more competitive games that, that were played that particular weekend and Estlin came out on top but but just about uh, Balnadlera given their league form to date and the fact that as you said they topped division 2 uh, and you know had a, had a very good season to date you would really expect nothing other than a Balnadlera win in this in this particular game that is it for this week only action in the top 2 divisions in the club championships all the junior se- semi-finals quarter-finals all the knockout stages to come next week we will be looking to see how the, the senior championship and the intermediate championship look on Monday morning. It's going to be an interesting weekend for a lot of clubs. It is indeed, Breffney. And, you know, as we said earlier, many of the decisions are likely to be decided this weekend. Let the weekend roll and let's see what happens. There's always the possibility, despite our predictions, that there will be a surprise or a shock somewhere. Here's hoping because it adds a bit of intrigue and mystery to the whole thing. And, of course, to anyone listening, Get out and get to a game and support your local side. And Declan, thank you so much for joining me yet again. Pleasure as always, Breffney. Thank you. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, the show is sponsored today by Urban Fit Crew. The box fit classes taking place in Kiltard Community Centre, just outside Carrick and Shannon in County Leitrim. They have ladies box fit classes from 7 to 8 every Tuesday and Thursday immediately followed by men's classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, also at 8 to 9 p.m. You can, of course, register online, urbanfitcrew.ie, or contact them by phone on 087-977-7484, or by email, boxfit at urbanfitcrew.ie. Now, their classes are starting on the 10th of September, and you need to book your place as soon as possible to make sure that you do not get disappointed by missing out there is also an offer of a free class for all new members to come and have a look see if you like it and then you can sign up so don't be shy come along have a go see if you're hard enough for the box fit now it is suitable for beginners as well as people who have done this before and i actually did these classes in a former life when i lived in dublin the people behind urban fit crew as you can probably guess from the name were in dublin and ran these classes up there while I might not today be a shining example of what you can get out of a fitness class, at the time it was very enjoyable and I got really, really good results from it. So I do heartily recommend checking them out and if it's for you, absolutely sign up. Anyway, we're going to get back to the sport. This Sunday in Trim is a big day for one Ahavas lady. Michelle McKiernan joins me to tell me all about the race around Ireland. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, Bethany, how are you? I'm great, and yourself? Great, can't wait now. You must be getting really nervous with this massive cycle in the race around Ireland. Oh, absolutely. The time is just flowing now at this stage. I can't believe it's it's literally now hours away. Shelley, tell us a bit about what's actually happening on Sunday and for the couple of days after that. A four-person mixed team, we've entered that on Sunday. There's myself, Paul Reynolds, Martin Carroll and Stephen Mullally. So the four of us will be starting on Sunday 
And it's uh, 2,200 kilometres uh, non-stop endurance event. So it's um, Race Around Ireland is listed as one of the world's toughest endurance races. And it's Europe's toughest. So it's non-stop. Yeah, we've our work cut out for us. We're so lucky to have an incredible 12 people on our crew. They come from all over the country, mostly um, the north. I think five or six are come from Derry and Belfast. Yeah, it's just been amazing, the support we've received. And like without our crew, like we wouldn't, this wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't be able to do it. Like we need a, we need a good, strong crew behind us. So we're very, very lucky. It sounds like the Dublin GA backroom team with nearly more crew than there is cyclists. You have four people on bikes, but 12 people to support them. And what will they be doing? The four-person team will be split into two. So it's a team A and team B. So team A will have their crew, and then team B will have their crew. So we're going to do, because it's non-stop, we're going to have to do like a day shift and a night shift. So each crew will have um, a camper van. And we've got a physio, we have a chef, we have, uh, do you know Monica Fee? I, she's I, from Derry. I, I know she's Monica, like yeah. Yeah, she, she's like she's like the mammy for everyone. So she's running around um, trying to look after us and make sure we have everything. This is like none of us have done anything like this before. So we don't really know what to expect. But, um, you know, we, we're just going to get our head down and focus and get the job done. And there's t- our two main goals are, number one, to finish the race within 96 hours so we can qualify. And then two is we have a record to beat of 24.26 kilometres. That's the the last um, records that a mixed team got. So if we can do those two things, we'll be um, incredibly proud of ourselves. Now, you are doing this for a great cause, one that I'm personally very attached to. Tell us about who you're doing this for and, and why. We're doing it for two uh, mental health charities, Cycle Against Suicide and Jigsaw. Actually, Cycling and Suicide is, is just a phenomenal charity. I joined them in, in October 2016, where I had my first spin-off in Malahide in Dublin. And I have not looked back since. When, when somebody says you make friends for life, I used to think that was um, not true until I joined Cycling and Suicide. The friends you make, it's like you're, you're, you're literally being part of a family. That's where I met the three other lads and that's where all of our crew is from. We're all from Cycling and Suicide. And then the other um, charity is Jigsaw. Paul has a lot of experience with them. They work a lot with the youth. So, you know, it's they're, they're phenomenal helping people um, with depression and anxiety and stuff like that. So um, it's great, you know, to get people to talk and um, all these charities needs awareness and needs money, of course. So um, it was a great opportunity to, to do this for these two incredible charities. Now, you sound like a lady who's had loads and years and years and decades of experience on bicycles. Is that the case? No, far from it. I suppose like anyone, I would have always had a mountain bike. So I'd have always, uh, you know how heavy that is, struggling to get in the miles with that. A couple of years ago, I would have got a hybrid bike. I always maintain that the hybrid bike is brilliant to start off because it's that little bit heavier. It's in between the racer and a mountain bike. So I, I believe it I, It gets the legs um, good and strong and well built for racing. I suppose the bikes kind of kept changing from then. So um, a racer then, and then a carbon. Yeah, as I said, October 2016 is probably when I got really big into cycling. 
um, when I joined Cycle Against Suicide and then when I, I found out that there was going to be two weeks of cycling all around Ireland, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be class. <laughs> so um, actually in October 2000, after that, after that spin-off, I joined a club, uh, Southwest Common Cycling Club. I'd like to give them guys a big, huge um, welcome and thank you because um, that's the first club I ever joined and they gave me um, confidence and everything. Um, to, to, I suppose, take part in these big races. And as well as that, um, in June, just gone by, they had their annual cycle um, for, for cycling against suicide. So they raised about €4,500. So I'd like to thank that club and each and every person that came out that day to support us. Um, it was it was a fantastic day, so it was. Well, Shelley, whether it's your, your previous base in Athlone or your current base in Kildare or at home in Ahavas, I'm sure uh, everyone will be cheering for you as you take to the streets of the country, the whole way around the country uh, for the next, how long is it going to take you to finish it from Sunday? Uh, we the aim is we have to have it done in ninety six hours. So we're hoping to we're hoping to be back at a nice enough time Wednesday. I sincerely hope you've taken Thursday and Friday off work as well because you're absolutely uh, yeah, going to need Monday. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be wrecked. <laughs> of course, Shelley, these kind of adventures and initiatives are not possible without the support of sponsors. Who has helped you get to this stage? We'd like to say a huge, massive thank you to Brady's and Arva, who are supplying us with, I think, four vehicles on Sunday and throughout the race. And also a massive thank you to Daryl Hayden. He's got um, an energy company there in Carlo. It's called Hayden's Energy. So he's been absolutely magnificent, Daryl. He's our, our, our crew chief. And then he's also sponsored us from, um, from his company. So a huge, massive thank you to both of those. That's absolutely excellent. And of course, if people want to get more information or support you, I know you have a GoFundMe account for both of the charities. Where can they help and where can they find more information? So we have a Facebook page set up. So if you, um, I know I, I've invited literally everyone of my contacts um, to like it so if you did get that invite if you wouldn't mind just accepting because you can uh, get regular updates throughout the cycle and it's a box of cogs that's the name of the team so if you type into the search engine box of cogs uh, you should be able to see us there and also um, I'd like to say a huge huge massive thank you to each and every person who has donated to our GoFundMe page we've raised just to the GoFundMe page alone we've raised well over two thousand so this was just fantastic so thank you to each and everyone fantastic two thousand euros and you haven't even started cycling yet please get out and support the girls and boys taken to the streets and roads of ireland over the next week or so as someone who's done a little bit of cycling and who also has a huge grow for the work of both the jigsaw and cycling and suicide the very very best look to you to titch carol and the rest of the team and your support crew over the four or five days, well, we'll say three or four days that you're going to be on the road because I know you're going to absolutely ace that time. Shelley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Brittany. Thank you. Once again, I am joined by Aidan Heeran to talk about everything that's happening in the world of ladies football. Aidan, welcome back to the programme. Thanks, Brittany. Good to be there. Aidan, we have the third round of the group stages of the McCormick's May Senior Championship this weekend. And I suppose all eyes will be on St. Francis versus St. Joseph's as they take to the field at 11am in Leitrim Village. 
For sure. Uh, St. Joseph's had a good win against Kiltubbard last Sunday. I think they had to prove point that the they are challengers for the for the championship again. So uh, they did uh, give a good account of themselves. I thought the score would be closer, but I think uh, St. Joseph hit hit the gears and the, the sort of kept going and the, got a good win in the finish. Now St. Francis were very unlucky the first day out to lose by such a big margin to Kiltubbard. Can they bridge the gap because so it was a nine-point defeat or ten-point defeat to Kiltubbard in the opening day? Kiltubbard then went on to be beaten by a similar margin by St. Joseph's. Can St. Francis bridge that gap? Uh, I personally think not this year. Like St. Francis has got some great young talent coming up, really good talent coming up there. And they need the championship this year. And a lot of them will be needing minor championship stuff as well. A lot of good football to be played. Uh, I think it'll be a good lesson for them this year and a good contest for them. Um, they haven't got overall ball winners, you know, in the forward line, like, you know, like St. Joseph's got Carmel McGovern there and Brona Roke, and then you've got Michelle Hessen who can knock a few over the bar as well. And they've got they've got a bit of firepower and for instance, St. Francis hasn't got that at the moment. Uh, as I said, another year or so, I think they will have. Uh, St. Joseph's will be hard stopped. Um on the day, unless St. Francis can get it right, which is going to be very hard on them. But I think they give St. Joseph a good contest, though, at the same time. Yeah, and of course, the permutation is that St. Francis must win by 10 points to overtake St. Joseph's in that group. Kiltubbard are through, although will finish second in the group, regardless of how the other games go. St. Joseph's will be the favourites to top that group, as you mentioned. I feel a bit sorry for St. Francis because I don't think they deserve the result they got against uh, Kiltubber in the opening day. Yeah, as I said, just the firepower is there. Like, you know, you just look at Kiltubber on your tie and a few more players there, you know, who are lethal. And, and you need one or two of them in your team to have any chance of, you know, competing with, with, with uh, experienced teams there. And they haven't got, but they've got plenty, as I said, they've plenty of young talent, some great defenders there. They just need to get more maturity in themselves. And the girls with the legs of Ailish Corner and, and um, all the rest of the crew around her just need to sort of uh, be the driving seat for the moment. And I'm sure that they will they will have uh, some winnings coming up. And they have won the league this year in their division. So that's, you know, that's a step up for them. So the championship is another big step. So they may not make it yet, but they will be, you know, they won't be lying down. They will go and give it a good shot, I think. Absolutely. The other senior game this weekend sees Drummer take on Glen Carmanagh. That game in St. Osnitz at noon. It's going to be a huge task. I saw Drummer last weekend. They really seem to be out of their depth at this level. Yeah, well, Drummer here has lost seven or eight good players. The Sinead Fowleys and the Farrells and Anna Conlon. I mean, that's a lot of firepower to come out of your team, you know, and, and expect to go back playing championship football again. Um, Drummer here could be fighting for relegation or not to stay up. Uh, that's like if they lose Sunday, their the relegation, it looks like, you know, it's a possibility for them. It's a bit of a disappointment because they had they were very strong for years, but uh, just not enough young talent coming up there for them to keep that going. And uh, the likes of Sinead and all them girls really stuck it for 10, 12 years, gave great service to drummer here. But the young Manor Hampton crews, you know, like the you look at Derva Rooney, um, Alvy Clancy, Myrna Devaney, Keir Fox, and you got so many other young girls in, in the defence line that they just got. You know, this year they'd be more mature. Last year, unfortunately, they lost the final. You know, just 
couldn't put it, uh, the ball where it should have been and they had the opportunity. So, and I think this year, if everybody's around and available, Manor Homs will be, will be hard stop. They'll, they'll be fighting for a place in that final, I believe. And of course, that game is in St. Osnes, as we mentioned, at 12 noon on Sunday. The McCormick's Mace Intermediate Championship, all games in Clune. We have Ahawillan and Bornacula St. Mary's. That's, of course, an amalgamation between those two traditional men's teams at 11 a.m. in Clune while Mohal and Fina will face off at 12.30 after the first game. Oh, Willen had a week off last week. They play Bornacula St. Mary's, who are very impressive. That's really going to be a kind of early decider among two of the top three teams in this at this grade. Yeah, uh, like I've seen Oh, Willen playing Mohal two weeks ago, and um, I think in that game, Mohal didn't put enough scores on the board with the wind in the first half, and uh, and, and that there was only two points in the difference um, um, going in at half time. In the second half, Aha Willen took advantage of, of the wind and they put the ball up there to the likes of Carl Leguin, um, um, Kevin Quinn, and um, and uh, Ashley Quinn, and they all done a lot of damage there. And then let's see, Carmen McGovern came on then. Or Karen Garvin came on then, and Siobhan Quinn, a few of the Sinead Quinn, a few of the old battlers, and they they really sort of made a difference when they did come on, and they got some nice points there as well. And it wasn't just working the ball in closely, twenty meters out they were taking points, and they had the wind to carry take the ball over, and they got over the line there against Mull. I think that'll it'll be an even Stevens game. Um, with Ahwillan now and St Mary's Barnacle. Ahwillan might have the edge there. There might be a player to Ahwillan, maybe not available uh, from what I believe. So it'll be interesting on the day how they go. But uh, they'll be fighting the corner, yeah. The second game played immediately after that game is Mohal and Fina. And Mohal have impressed this year. Fina probably not so much. Yeah, Mohal. Unfortunately, Fina now has got a few players, missing a few players as well, that they need really to sort of be very competitive in, in that division. Uh, Mohal has got a balance there. Um, I think they need to get more Derv Laverne as well um, for to make it, you know, to make it happen. But they still got firepower like uh, Deirdre and, and Charlene Terrell midfield, two great battlers, and they'll they'll make their mark there. They just need a bit more up front, a bit more combinations up front to really show what they have. And uh, I hope Dervla and uh, and the crew there, you know, do click. But uh, Fina, you know, they could have a, a day where they could make it awkward for Mohal as well. So I'd sort of maybe think Mohal might get over the line there. Yeah, that would be my thinking as well on that one. And finally, and it's been a long, long wait for Drum Kieran, but finally Drum Kieran get their season up and running. They play the second team of St. Francis at 12.30 in Leitrim Village after the senior St. Francis game. Drum Kieran will be delighted just to get playing at this stage. Yeah, Drum Kieran is a bit of a mixed year, like players away and all that sort of stuff. And I think they've had their full team, some good players, Anne Marie Goller and a few more of the girls there, a few of the O'Grady's and that. So they, they have got a good bit of firepower there. It's just having a, a, a balanced team on the day is what Drum Kieran needs. And uh, I know they're they're um, just getting players together. This can be hard at times, but they, they've trained well recently, I believe. But uh, I think St. Francis, uh, their girls, they'll be, they'll, They'll give Drum Kieran a good run, I think. Uh, my feeling that they, it could be a very close game, to be honest, but I think St. Francis will, will nudge that one, I think. Well, it'll be interesting to see how well you get on. And Aidan, thank you so much again for joining us and for bringing us through the ladies' fixtures over the weekend. Uh, as we said, the five games in total across all three levels of the McCormick's Mace Championships. And the very best luck to all the teams over the weekend and on Sunday morning. 
Last week, we had Gareth Gilmartin on the show to talk about their training camp for the Under-19 International Volleyball Squad, of which he is the captain. And he joins me again just after his last training session this week with the squad in Drumshambo. Gareth, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Gareth, how was the week in Drumshambo? It was tough. We expected it to be tough, but uh, there was a few lads that were sore, very sore, actually, um, after... The Tuesday evening, we were really feeling it, um, but we just pushed on and got through it and done our recovery sessions, done our stretch and whatever we had to do to get ourselves ready for the next tournament. Now, I did see over the week some photographs of the squad doing various things around the town. What did you get up to with the squad other than maybe the training sessions? We went for a morning run Tuesday, Wednesday and this morning at 7 o'clock, so we went for a run out the canal and came back in into town on Tuesday we went for a swim in the lake we all just went for a swim just to recover our bodies or whatever then yesterday we done the blue way water park so that was that was good a little crack with the, the few of the fellas that wouldn't have really done any of that sort of stuff before but it was good fun in terms of the blue way water park uh, how many of the lads knew about that coming in or was it a bit of a surprise thrown at them it was sort of discussed about 10 minutes before we went on <laughs> you know so I they enjoyed it thoroughly so thanks for the blue for letting us on really <laughs> let's talk about the tournament itself next week we did touch on it last week but how do you think the the squad is prepared for what's to come in Scotland from the end of next week we sort of this week we we sort of focused on covering all the angles on where a ball will be coming possibilities of what's going to happen whose ball is who, um, but we're confident ourselves that we know what to do and look at, we've sort of laid on the line that winning, we're not planning on going to win but we'll be disappointed if we don't go and know that we haven't played our utmost. So we're just hoping to go and just play volleyball really. In terms of Irish sport, a lot of people listening to this will be very familiar with, say, inter-county GA teams or even GA club teams. But when it comes to national level, there's not a whole pile of money floating around most sports in this country, outside of maybe the b- big two or three. It's very rare for an underage team to get this kind of quality time together in a camp in Ireland. How, how has that been made possible, I suppose, within the Volleyball Association? We're just getting funding here and there and... But the main thing is, after Scotland, we're going to try to look for a big sponsor that can help us along to make us have more trainings and just get us even more equipped for bigger tournaments. So we had the Mayflower. They let us use the hall. And then we had Blue Way Water Park. We also had uh, Sean Wynn with the Allen Centre Hostel. So thanks a million for helping us out. Other than the, the sport in the school here in Drumshambo, is there an outlet for people who maybe aren't in the school to play the sport locally? There wouldn't really be any any clubs or anything to play in Leitrim, other than maybe a lot of people would play it in PE. Um, of course, here in Drumshambo, it's one of our main sports. You leave in just under a week for Scotland for the tournament. You must be very excited about the opportunity of captaining an Irish squad. Ah, yeah, it's... It's a good experience. Like I didn't really expect that I'd be named captain of the under nineteen Irish team, but it's it's bit of, not I wouldn't say a pressure, but it's a lot to expect for me to encourage the lads that if they miss or whatever, there's always the next point. Just go point by point, 
and just push them on that they can do their best and that we can get more out of them in each of our games and hopefully push on, yeah. Well, Gareth, listen, well done on a fantastic training camp. I suppose it's great to see camps like that coming to towns in Leitrim and showing that we can actually offer uh, value for money and, and opportunities and facilities for these teams, but also the very best of luck next week in the competition in Scotland. Thanks, William Referee. Thank you. In rugby during the week, two fixtures in the interprovincials at under 18 level. Eddie Coyle of Balnamore was a member of the Connacht side that went down 19 points to 12 in the University of Limerick. While in Galway, in the sports grounds, it was also Leinster's day at under 19 level when, despite Matthew Early's and his teammates' best efforts, were unable to secure a victory. Leinster won it with a late penalty, 17 points to 14. Both sides play again this weekend, with the under-18s playing Munster in UL on Sunday afternoon, while the under-19s travel to NUIM Barn Hall to play Ulster. In women's rugby, Connacht will look to bounce back from their under-18s defeat to Leinster last Saturday, with a fixture against Munster under-18 in the sports grounds Galway at 1pm tomorrow afternoon. Manor Hamilton's Hannah Johnson, part of the Connacht under-18 squad. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. It is episode 54, complete of Leitrim Daily. And today was, of course, sponsored by the good people at Urban Fit Crew BoxFit in Kiltard. I'll be back tomorrow with A Current Affair, where I sit down with local county councillor Ita Reynolds-Flynn for a chat about her first three months as a county councillor, but also a bit of a family history in the world of politics. Talk to you then.